Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Tuesday, February 22nd. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Spring training is on hold as baseball players and owners try to hammer out a new collective bargaining agreement. Also, several minor league clubs, including the Cardinals' top farm team in Memphis, have been acquired by one company. They're not out there to buy a minor league team just like you or I would if we really love baseball and we have a minor league baseball team. I think it'd be pretty cool to own a minor league baseball team. You know, we stretch ourselves financially to do it. We'll have a conversation about all that with STLSportsPage.com editor Rob Raines in just a few minutes. Two community justice organizations will hold a town hall for renters today that could lead to a tenant-led housing movement. Arch City Defenders and Action St. Louis will discuss evictions, landlord issues, and rental assistance programs. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. The two organizations will hold the town hall meeting so renters can discuss their housing experiences and share ways to work toward equitable housing. Advocates want renters in the St. Louis region to help make local officials aware of their housing needs. Lee Camp is the senior attorney for Arch City Defenders. He says the coronavirus pandemic has exacerbated the housing crisis and homelessness in the region and shows how much tenants need to be heard. If we don't look at that moment and and try to to change the way we move forward, then, you know, we're not learning from the experience that we've unfortunately all had to go through. The 6 p.m. meeting will take place at the Harrison Education Center off Cass Avenue and Grand Boulevard. I'm Andrea Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. Candidate filing for this year's election in Missouri begins today. Some have already confirmed their plans to run. That includes State Senator Bob Onder. The St. Charles County Republican announced on social media that he will run against incumbent Steve Ellman for county executive. Also, the Post-Dispatch reports former Florissant Mayor Thomas Schneider is planning to file to run for a U.S. Senate seat. He will run as an independent for the spot being vacated by Roy Blunt. Schneider tells the newspaper that he is running after former U.S. Senator John Danforth stated that a centrist should enter the race. An Illinois state representative ejected from the floor last week for refusing to wear a mask is suing the House Speaker. Alex Degman reports. Attorney Tom DeVore filed the lawsuit on behalf of State Representative Blaine Wilhauer in Bond County. Wilhauer was one of nine Republicans removed late last week for violating that House mask rule, but many others also walked out in solidarity. Before he was ejected, Wilhauer criticized Governor J.B. Pritzker as a tyrant and chastised the House for, quote, not being tough enough to stand up to him. Jacqueline Driscoll, House Speaker Emanuel Chris Welch's spokeswoman, said Wilhauer still participated in the day's session by voting remotely. She also said the Illinois Supreme Court in 2015 upheld the House and Senate's ability to set and enforce their own rules. Neither DeVore nor Wilhauer responded to multiple requests for comment. I'm Alex Dagman. A new report suggests a flaw in a state database that allowed public access to thousands of teachers' social security numbers had been in place for a decade before a reporter exposed it. Republican Governor Mike Parson condemned reporter Josh Renault for writing about the weakness, even though the Post-Dispatch did not run a story until after the state could fix it. A nearly 160-page report from the Missouri State Highway Patrol into the case was released yesterday. The newspaper is reporting Department of Elementary and Secondary Education spokeswoman Mallory McGowan told the patrol that Renault had not accessed, quote, anything that was not publicly available, nor was he in a place he should not have been. NASA wants to create a community on the moon. 
As St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports, it has selected Missouri University of Science and Technology to help develop tools to do it. There are three parts to NASA's project. Autonomous construction, extremely cold electronics, and lunar resource extraction, or space mining. Missouri S&T's research will focus on that last part, finding ways to use the resources that are already on the moon while humans explore it, says Leslie Gurch, who is leading the effort at S&T. We need to be living somewhere else, and we can't do that by launching everything we need from the Earth, like a gigantically expensive camping trip. Gurch says NASA's lunar ambitions could be a stepping stone to Mars exploration and beyond. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. Baseball is entering 2022 with a big change in the minor leagues and labor strife in the majors. A new company has acquired 10 minor league teams, including the Cardinals' top affiliate. I spoke with stlsportspage.com editor Rob Raines about whether that will affect the Cards' relationship with the Memphis Redbirds and if regular season games are in jeopardy as major league owners continue to lock out players. The owners and players, they don't necessarily care about the start of spring training. A lot of those guys are already down there just working out on their own. So until they actually have the threat that they're going to miss regular season games, and that's when both the owners and players would start losing money, that's when we have to take this thing serious. And I think as long as we're still in a window where you could have an agreement and have camps open by the 1st of March, which is basically right where we are now, I think it'll still be okay. Are you seeing any evidence of movement on either side? There's a little bit. It's kind of like a nip and tuck kind of thing. It's like, I moved $5 million, so the other side says, I'll move $5 million when they're already $100 million apart. That's the problem is nobody wants to move more than the other guy moves. Is there one issue that jumps out at you as the main sticking point? The main thing that the players want is they want to find a way to get younger players more money earlier in their careers. Now, whether it's through a bonus system, whether it's through you know doing something different with arbitration or what, but I think what they're finding out over the last few years is that I know a player's not going to get paid the first three or four years. He gets to arbitration, then he's going to make a little more money than he gets to free agency. That's when he makes his big money. But now you're finding out if a guy is not pretty much a, a star player by the time he's 30 years old, they're just replacing him with a, a first or second year player that they don't have to pay much more than the minimum salary to. There's enough money in the game that you can find a way to pay those first, second, and third year players more money and keep the system basically the way that it is. It's just going to matter how far will the owners come up and how much are the players union willing to come down. I think the last proposal I saw was the owners are willing to raise the minimum salary to like $615,000 and the players are still at seven seventy-five. So you got to think there's a room for a compromise somewhere in the middle there. Still staggering numbers when you just throw it oh, out it like is. that. It is, but, but again, take into account that, you know, you've got basically 10% of the players make 90% of the money. And a lot of those players who make that salary, they're not going to have more than a three or four year career in the big league. So it is a lot of money, but, you know, when a team has a $200 million payroll for a season, it's not that big a number. I know owners don't like to open the books, but I think it's safe to say that revenue has been lost because of COVID. Do you think this adds any more incentive to get a deal done so they don't get a double economic whammy, so to speak? I think it does, but then they want to have it be within reason. The problem is the owners are very happy with the system the way it is now. They don't really want to change anything. And part of the persuasion for the players to change things is that they felt like they got a bad deal in the last CBA five years ago, and they don't want to do that again. And the other thing that has changed for the most part is there's a lot more revenue streams now coming into baseball 
than there were five years ago with streaming rights and digital marketing and all the online stuff that wasn't there five years ago. And, and it's now become big sources of, of income for teams. And the players just don't feel like they're getting their share of that income. Let's shift a bit here. Diamond Baseball Holdings has acquired 10 minor league teams, including the Cardinals AAA squad in Memphis. Help us put that into perspective. How much of a big deal is this? I don't think it's that big. It's potentially big for the minor league clubs that are involved because it gives them access to resources maybe that they might not have before. You know, from the Cardinal standpoint in Memphis, one of the owners, the principal owners of Diamond Holdings is also the same gentleman who owned the team before. It was just with a different organization. So the ownership of that team is not going to change. And the Cardinals still have a working arrangement with them, player development agreement. So I don't think anything from a fan standpoint, you're really going to notice any changes as far as Memphis is concerned. Maybe some of the other clubs, you talk about the big league clubs that are struggling for revenue. Don't forget, you lost a whole minor league season in 2020 for all those minor league teams that didn't get to play at all. Diamond Baseball Holdings, it's owned by Endeavor, which also has UFC and the professional bull riders, among several other things. Is that a concern that such a big company is coming in here? You know, obviously, if a company like that is swallowing up minor league teams, they must see it as a pretty good investment. They're not out there to buy a minor league team just like you or I would if we really love baseball and we have a minor league baseball team. I think it'd be pretty cool to own a minor league baseball team. You know, we stretch ourselves financially to do it. So they're buying these clubs simply because they think it's going to be a, a good resource and a way to increase their revenue. That was STLSportsPage.com editor Rob Raines speaking about baseball's ownership changes and labor issues ahead of the 2022 season. A big thanks to Jonathan All for his editing skills on that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.